a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Voice, your vote, 2016. I have supported the fight for 15. There's nothing like a Trump rally, folks. Daily in-depth coverage with Doug Wright on KSL News Radio. Well, it's always so entertaining to uh, read my uh, my uh, text messages. Uh, I, I, I can't even read some of it because it is uh, so foul. But, oh, and, and some of the numbers, you know, some days I'll look at this and I'll go, wow, wow, wow. And then I recognize, oh, that, no, that's that same number. The guy writes in every day. And it's usually the same person said, I will never listen to you again in the history of the world. And then every day, every day, those individuals are back. And I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, enduring me, putting up with me, or just thoroughly enjoying berating me, what, whatever it might be. This person said, Doug, you are a tool. Clinton got, and then words I cannot use, in the White House. Give me a break. I'm assuming that I was, uh, that was in reference to some of the concern that uh, many have regarding Donald Trump and some of the past reputation of being a playboy. Uh, <laughs> then there are others who said, you know what? Um, it sounds to me... Like the, whoops, I'm, I'm getting a word in my, my head there. This person said, you know what, somewhere along the line, there really ought to be some decorum when you are running for the presidency of the United States. This person said, who gives up what the mayor from London cares about? And he won't come here? Well, some lame people won't come to Utah because of the Mormons either. Well, remember, <laughs> the the reason that the good mayor of London uh, is not uh, the Lord Mayor of London was, is not coming is because he doesn't feel welcome. And Donald Trump has said that no Muslims will be allowed in this country. Well, here, let, let, let him say it, not me. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. A total and complete. Total and complete. And so the mayor of London, who would like to come over here, and probably still will, he said if he comes, he'll come before Donald Trump. If Donald Trump is elected, he will come before he takes office so he doesn't have to impose on the President of the United States to make an exception for him. And uh, he would like to come over and talk with other mayors and share ideas, get ideas, and so on. So, you know, that that example, you know, forgive me, 
Uh, you know, who gives a blank what the mayor of London is thinking? He won't come here for, you know, some some reason. Well, he, he's been disinvited. And when that was pointed out to Mr. Trump, he quickly did a, well, there, there will be some exceptions. Well, mayor of London doesn't want an exception. All right. <laughs> now there are, and, and hey, I'm with you. I've I've never been big uh, because I've heard it when George W. Bush, if George W. Bush is elected president, I'm moving to Canada or wherever. And I heard it when Barack Obama, if Barack Obama is elected, I'm moving to fill in the blank. When I hear that kind of rhetoric, I, I go, now I get a kick, honestly, out of some, uh, like the little town up in Nova Scotia that is having kind of a heyday with this and is laughing about it and say, hey, if you're really serious and you're considering moving, we'd love to have you come up here. I get a kick out of that. But the people, especially those that have made their fortunes in this country, they have made their money in this country, they have crafted their reputations in this great nation. If not for this great nation, who knows, they're probably doing what the rest of we you know, folks actually have to do, and that's, you know, get up each morning, go out and grind out a living each day. But so we have, um, who is uh, is talking about leaving? Well, George Lopez is talking about leaving if Donald Trump becomes president. Trump in 2016, if he wins, listen, if he wins, he won't have to worry about immigration. Well, I'll go back. <laughs> well, okay, he's on the list. And who else is out there? Well, how about Samuel L. Jackson? If that mother becomes president, I move my black to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Do some careful editing on this stuff. And then uh, Nev Campbell. You might recall her from the uh, the uh, uh, what was the the scary movies? Uh, the <laughs> she was always the the person in peril. She's been in some other. Rather interesting movies, too. But uh, Nev Campbell was given a little quiz. Is it Trump or is it from House of Cards? Frank Underwood. My motto is always get even. When somebody screws you, screw them back in spades. God, this is so hard because they're both such horrible people. <laughs> uh, that would be Trump. Yes. It is better to live one day as a lion than 100 years as a sheep. Underwood. Ooh, Donald Trump and Mussolini. Wow. Uh, She was given that quiz. She was asked a little bit later on, because overall she did fairly well on the quiz. She was asked why she got it. Our writers are really talented, and Trump is not very eloquent. So if I wondered if it was good writing, it was Underwood. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, Ms. Campbell will be leaving the country, apparently. And uh, Raven Simone, actress, comedian, model, she will be leaving. Al Sharpton, our friend Al Sharpton, will be leaving, apparently. Whoopi Goldberg will also be leaving. And, wow, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus has said that she's going to leave the country if Donald Trump is elected. Eddie Griffin is going to leave the country. And Cher. Cher will leave the country. And then we already mentioned Sam Jackson. How are we going to do the Avenger movies? You know, Sam Jackson leaves the country. And then you've already heard from Jon Stewart. I do have a history with the man. And so in, in, in an effort of full disclosure, uh, 
we made fun of him. <laughs> and uh, I think we referred to him as, you know, a boiled ham in a wig or something. Who knows? <laughs> John Stewart. It'll be interesting. And we've had several of our uh, texters who have said, hey, look, if I am absolutely sure that they will never come back, I will buy their tickets. So the 10 celebrities that will leave the United States under a Trump presidency. Hmm. All right. When we come back, we've got more on your voice, your vote on today's Doug Wright Show. We're going to talk about Megyn Kelly, who will preview her interview with Donald Trump. Actually, we're not going to talk with Megyn Kelly. That sounded a little grandiose. We will share some of the things going on regarding the interview with Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump. A little uh, preview of the uh, interview. And then we're going to talk, too, about... And and I know a lot of people, I can I can always tell when the people who hate me over Donald Trump because I can't ever read verbatim their texts to me here on the air or the FCC would pull our license. But the the a lot of people are are texting in that, hey, the Playboy stuff doesn't matter. The fact that he brags about all of the women and he brags about the married women and he brags about this and he brags about that and it's published in his books and that doesn't matter. Even to the point where evangelicals are supporting Donald Trump, including Jerry Falwell Jr., Man, am I missing something? It is 1016 here at KSL News Radio. And once again, our Andy Farnsworth has joined us here in studio with this emergency traffic update. Doug, I'm trying to save a few people some headaches. 4700 South on ramps to northbound 215 in Taylorsville. They're blocked off. Got a, a car has crashed through the barrier wall. And so emergency crews are all on the scene trying to get that taken care of. So we've got a couple of northbound lanes blocked for people who are already on 215. But the bigger deal is that people on 47 South cannot head north towards Valley Fair Mall on the freeway. So you got to go up to 3500 South or you have to go down to 5400 South in Redwood Road. Those are your only two access points that are near 215 uh, in order for you to go north. With 11 community clinics and 8 new urgent care locations, they have your family's health covered. University of Utah Healthcare. UofUHealth.org. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. Just had one of our texters. You know, we talk movies all the time, Andy, and said, I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember it because I always think Scary Movie, which, of course, was the follow to Scream. Scream, yes. Nev Campbell. Yeah. Is that about 20 years old now? Oh, it's got to be coming up there. When I see these anniversaries of movies, that still seems kind of, you know, yeah. that seems like just You know, Twister yesterday. opened up 20 years ago yesterday. Isn't that incredible? Do you remember Back to the Future? Some of the anniversaries now we're seeing on yeah. that. You look at the anniversaries that we're seeing on other movies. It's uh, makes you feel old. It makes me feel old, Doug. Well, and I'm young. And me too. Of course. I'm getting younger by the time, <laughs> by, by every, every moment that goes by. All right, it's 1017 here at KSL News Radio. We'll continue to keep you up to date on those uh, emergency traffic situations. When we come back uh, from Playboy to President, the legacy of Donald Trump, and what, uh, what, what's the deal with the interview with Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump? All of that here at KSL News Radio. This is your voice, your vote, 2016. Doug's complete wrap on KSL News Radio. So good to have you along on today's Doug Wright Show at KSL News Radio. Uh, there will be the interview with Megyn Kelly. That is uh, coming up. And Donald Trump had some interesting things to say about how that uh, all came together. And 
he basically said now he's singing a, a little different tune. Let, let's listen to this Megyn Kelly preview, and then I'll give you a little background. You seem to stay angry f- for months. Yeah. Was that real, or was that strategy? Well, I'm a real person. I don't say, oh, gee, I'm angry tonight, but tomorrow you're my best friend. See, I do, I do have a theory that, you know, when somebody does it, and this could happen again with us. I mean, it could be uh, even doing this particular interview. I have great respect for you that you were able to call me and say, let's get together and let's talk. To me, I would not have done that. I don't say that as, an, you know, as a positive. I think it's a negative for me. And you walk into Trump Tower, you didn't, we didn't have, like, on a neutral site or over at Fox or something. That would be a whole different thing, and I wouldn't have done it. A little preview of what is to come, apparently, on May 17th. The interview will air on uh, the Fox uh, channel, Fox Broadcast Network, on May 17th. And now Donald Trump is singing a whole different tune when it comes to Megyn Kelly. He now has great respect for her, said he admired her for reaching out and coming to him on his home turf. And as you heard him say, had the request been to come to the Fox studios, he would not have done that. If it had been some quote-unquote neutral area, he would not do that as well. And he said it would be a different thing. And he openly said that he would not have uh, reached out the way she did. I, <laughs> who knows what the interview will be like. We're getting little uh, crumbs that are being dropped out, little tidbits. But that's coming up on May 17th. That's been one of the more infamous uh, feuds or infamous moments in this entire campaign has been Donald Trump and whatever the feud is with Megyn Kelly. And already we, we played the Hillary Clinton ad where she now has taken all of the negative things said about Donald Trump, but none of them come from a Democrat. Somebody said, oh, no, no, you're wrong, Doug. I heard President Obama's voice in there. No, you didn't. Every single voice in that Hillary Clinton ad is some prominent Republican and generally Republicans that have run against Donald Trump. Well, now we are seeing it pop up in individual ads. There is a Senate race down in Arkansas. Boy, listen to this. And some of it's a little raw. I've, I've, I've got to kind of warn you here. But this is the ad that uh, is being run in an Arkansas Senate race by the Democratic candidate. She ate like a pig. I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. He once sent her a picture of herself with the words, the face of a dog written on it. The typing has different things going up on screen there. The boob job is terrible. You know, they look like two light posts coming out of a body. Blood coming out of her wherever. A person who's flat-chested is very hard to be a 10. You don't think you could get it up for her? I I think I'd have a hard time. Wow. Now, I don't find her attractive. You dropped to your knees. It must be a pretty picture you dropped to your knees. John and Dennis thought I should be. Omarosa said me. Some other people said you. It's like you wouldn't have your job if you weren't beautiful. I put together a montage of Marla. Donald's had her. What is it like when she is in bed with you, Donald? It is a beautiful structure. There's no question.
right here you're seeing it spelled out you know who is running for the uh, the office and indicates that he is a prosecutor who has uh, aggressively prosecuted you women with respect uh, I can't say that either all right good all right. prosecuted things regarding domestic violence and assault and things of that nature Wow Wow so thus the the, the question ultimately is this stuff going to matter you bring up any of this stuff, it doesn't matter how religious the person is. It doesn't matter how devoted they are to, to family and fidelity. It doesn't matter. Trump supporters, no matter what. I, I, don't, I think Mr. Trump was absolutely right when he said that he could walk out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and his supporters would still hang in with him. The, there, for a long time, Trump really cultivated this, really, really worked very, very hard, and was regularly on the air with Howard Stern between 1990 and 2005. It was part of an image that he absolutely cultivated as a Manhattan playboy and uh, would often say that he had so many women that he barely had time to sleep. He was always seen at trendy nightclubs with different women, appearing on the cover of Playboy magazine, wrote in his books all about the women chasing him, and publicly boasted about his sex life. And apparently that reputation that uh, was part reality and part cultivated uh, served him well. But now, as Mr. Trump is 69 years of age and wants to be the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief of the United States Armed Forces, and the leader of the free world, some of these things are beginning to come back and haunt him. They said, how are you going to change the pageant? They said, I'm going to get the bathing suits to be smaller and the heels to be higher. Why do people think it's egotistical of you to say that you could have gotten Lady Di? You could have gotten her, right? You could have nailed her. I yeah, think but would I you have sent her to the doctor? Of course. Go out with Marsha Cross, or would you turn gay, Howard? I would go out with Marsha Cross. <laughs> okay. She's got a good body. Just put a bag on her head. So and you're going to have more... a great relationship. And you're going to have more kids. I think so, yeah. Really? I believe... Yeah, sure. I would. What do you need that headache for? Because I like kids. I mean, I won't do anything to take care of them, but she'll take, I'll supply the funds, and <laughs> right. she'll take care of the kids, right? <laughs> and then so what, it's not and like what does a that mean? Deal. You know, it's not like I'm going to be walking the kids down Central Park. What? Hmm. The presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, Donald J. Trump. 1029 here at KSL News Radio. We've got the halftime show coming up. And <laughs> our, our producers this morning found this scene from Third Rock from the Sun about the angst regarding voting. We're going to share that with you. And President Obama is going to visit Japan and a very significant spot in Japan. And did Facebook turn a blind eye to conservative news in their trending column? All of that is coming up here on the Doug Wright Show at KSL News Radio. I got to tell you. The Doug Wright Show is halfway finished. Time for the most important news we've covered today. Stories we need to make time for, we cover them now on the Doug Wright Halftime Show. All right, let's get straight to it. Story number one. Story one. This will be a first for an American president. Never before has an American president visited this spot. A short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima and destroyed its usefulness to the enemy. That bomb has more power than 20,000 tons of TNT. 
President Truman making that statement in August of 1945. And several days later, with the dropping of the bomb on Nagasaki, effectively brought an end to uh, World War II. President Obama will be the first sitting U.S. president to visit Hiroshima. He will participate afterward in his final G7 summit when he visits Japan. The president will make this historic visit uh, along with the prime minister of Japan. And that's uh, scheduled to come up uh, on the 27th. He will visit the uh, Hiroshima or Hiroshima Peace Memorial Park. He will not, we are told, revisit the decision, second-guess the decision to use the atomic bomb at the end of World War II. Instead, he will offer a forward-looking vision focused on a shared future. You might recall that it wasn't long ago that our Secretary of State, John Kerry, made the historic trip just last month as the first Secretary of State to visit Hiroshima when he toured the Peace Memorial Park and Museum. So... Kerry said it's a stunning display. Story two. All right, story number two. This, <laughs> you know, we, we always like to think, especially when things are represented to be kind of pure, we like to believe that they actually are. And it started off in U.S. colleges, and then we launched in U.S. high schools, then a little bit in U.S. corporations. Mm-hmm. And um, since when we opened up the site, and actually last September of six, growth started exploding internationally. That goes back a ways when uh, Zuckerberg is uh, describing Facebook and how it began and the vision and so on. And how many times have you seen what is trending on Facebook? And you just assume that this is the real deal, that it's based on all kinds of just algorithms, whatever, and all of a sudden, whatever's trending, whatever people are chatting about, whatever the buzz is, whatever the chatter is, that's what we see as trending things on Facebook. Well, apparently several former Facebook, quote, news curators, end quote, they're known thus internally, told Gizmodo that they were instructed to artificially inject, was their term, inject selected stories into the trending news module, even if they weren't popular enough to warrant inclusion under the description of how things really happen. And in some cases, things weren't trending at all, but they were put in there. They were directed to include news about, uh, not to include news about Facebook itself in the trending module. And, you know, the article uh, that I am quoting from here said, in other words, Facebook's news section operates like a traditional newsroom, reflecting the biases of the workers and the institutional imperatives of the corporation, imposing human editorial values onto the lists of topics uh, and, you know, an algorithm splits, uh, spits out is no means a bad thing, but it's in stark contrast to the company's claim that the trending module simply lists topics that have recently become popular on Facebook. And what I think is, and this is the term, one individual said, I believe that this had a chilling effect on the conservative news, depending on who was on shift, Things would be blacklisted or trending, said the former curator. This individual asked to remain anonymous, citing fear of retribution from the company. The former curator is politically conservative, one of a very small handful of curators uh, with such views on the trending team. He said, quote, I'd come on shift and I'd discover that uh, CPAC or Mitt Romney or 
some other popular conservative topics wouldn't be trending because either the curator didn't recognize the news topic or it was like they had a bias against somebody like Ted Cruz. Boy, that is absolutely in stark contrast to how these things have been represented. And by the way, right now, Facebook is adamantly denying that this is the case. So it's a, it's a they said, they said scenario. We'll keep an eye on this one regarding Facebook and trending news. Story three. Okay, you know, we've talked a lot about politics and we're going to have a little fun in our next hour with uh, great places here in the state of Utah that you absolutely have to visit this upcoming uh, summer season. But since we have been dwelling considerably on politics, we we caught this. And uh, I don't remember seeing this episode of Third Rock from the Sun, but listen to this moment. And I think this reflects how many of us right now are feeling about the upcoming choice that we very well may have next November. Whoops, wrong one. There is no choice. My only choice is not to vote at all. Democracy is horrible, absolutely horrible. (laughs) You're so right. Democracy is the worst form of government there is, (gasps) except for all of the others. And that is exactly why you have to vote. No. Yes. No. Yes. If you don't vote, you can't complain. Complaining is all I have left. Then we see him in the polling place here, beating his head against the wall. Oh, Oh, God. I hope I did the right thing. Boy, no kidding. I think that that probably reflects how a lot of us feel this year. What in the world? You know, our, how are we going to vote? You know, I my regular daily taunts from several individuals, oh, Doug, go ahead, admit it, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. I'll tell you, the Trump fans, I have to admit that while many of the texts that I get are vile, many of them I cannot read, many of them are really personally insulting, but I have to admit the Trump fans, they are devoted day in, day out. They are there. Uh, commenting on the uh, the plight of and the unfair treatment of and the future of their uh, their hero Donald Trump. It's it's really quite amazing. But for most of us, this is it. There is no choice. My only choice is not to vote at all. Democracy is horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be beating our heads against the wall when we have to go to the polling place on November 8th. It is 1026 here at KSL. We have much more coming your way. Stay right here with us on today's Doug Wright Show. And as I mentioned, we're going to have a little fun with uh, great places that you absolutely have to visit in the state of Utah. That's after the top of the hour. The Doug Wright Show. Doug goes wall to wall when the news is breaking fast on KSL News Radio. You know, sometimes there's just a chatter, there's a buzz, there's an electricity in the air that makes you either uh, focused on something, wary of something, anxious about something. And that's the way I feel about the buzz, the talk, the chatter about 
a new national monument in the state of Utah. And I thought, we talked briefly about this yesterday, but I'm, I'm very pleased that our 3rd District Congressman, Jason Chaffetz, could join us today. Jason, welcome. It's always good to have you here. Hey, thanks, Doug. Okay, Bears Ears, talk me down. Where, where do we stand? This, this chatter, this buzz out there is making me quite nervous. Well, it makes all of us nervous. I think there's no doubt that the uh, administration, the Obama administration, wants to do a national monument. If not for what we were doing on the PLI over the last uh, year and a half, two years, I think that that would have been done uh, quite some time ago. But, look, we've been reaching out to everybody on the full political spectrum trying to do this. I believe in a two-track system. I think you should, A, I, I, I support the state filing suit uh, regarding the Enabling Act. But that's going to take 10, 12, 14 years to play itself out. This PLI, which I, I think is a, is a good, plausible solution, we're just trying to bring everybody together. And, and uh, if, if done right, uh, then would not uh, allow and nor would it necessitate a, uh, a national monument. As far as the, the likelihood, I, I just get the feel like the, the administration is chafing to do this. They are just looking for reasons, excuses, put whatever, whatever term to that to make this happen. The public land initiative is still, as I understand it, in, in draft form. What, what's got to happen to move this forward? Well, it's something we work on every day, Congressman Bishop's uh, leading out on it, but I'm obviously very involved with it, as, as well as, as Mike Lee and Orrin Hatch. In fact, the four of us went over to the White House, met with the staff. We issued a letter to the president, uh, all of the congressional delegation, all six of us, plus uh, Governor Herbert, as well as Rebecca Benale, who is the uh, county commissioner down in, in San Juan County, who... Uh, helps represent the, the Navajo Nation perspective, all of us in opposition to a monument, and all of us requesting a, a meeting with the president. I have had so many people, including a dinner that I uh, had last Friday night, where a, f- a friend was just saying, Doug, you, you don't get it. All of the Navajos are for this. They are lobbying for that. And I'll tell you, in our editorial board meetings, that has not been the case. And what I hear from you, what I hear from Rob Bishop, what I hear from Mike Lee, what I hear from the governor, and what I've heard from some of the county commissioners, including Navajos themselves, that that just flat is not the case. And if there is support for the Bears Ears, it appears to be coming from Navajos outside the state of Utah. Am I wrong on that? You are absolutely right. For those that suggest that there's that the uh, Navajos as a whole uh, are united in wanting bear's ears, that's absolutely absolutely, and totally false. In fact, the elected uh, Navajo representative on the San Juan County Commission, a Democrat, she is opposed to the bear's ears and is supportive of the PLI. And remember, when we move forward on the PLI, there are wilderness designations and set-asides that I, I think uh, those who are looking for this balanced approach uh, would be quite satisfied with. You know, when I when I look at that, I look at the 18 million acres of public land in seven Utah counties that would be affected by this. I look at uh, 41 new wilderness areas. I look at Arches National Park expanded. I look at uh, 800, what is it, 60-some-odd acres of Jurassic National Monument, which would be brand new, 14 national conservation areas. There there would be all kinds, and, and certainly there are things on the other end, too, that would allow people to make a living down there, to actually get some employment numbers back up. But, wow, you know, I'm, 
I I just have this this haunting feeling left over from back in the 90s when in the middle of the night, just all of a sudden, wham, bam, slam, it was done. Well, that's why the Antiquities Act, I think, ultimately has to go. It's unilaterally unfair. With the stroke of a pen, one person can just change the designation of millions of acres. Um, it, It does scare me that that's what this administration wants to do. But in fairness, they haven't done it. We have been working closely with Interior and the White House. Um, I think they want legitimately for us to be making progress, and clearly we are. We're still working with a variety of groups uh, from making sure that we got good quality energy production, the outdoor recreational community. You know, we had some uh, 300-plus miles of continuity along uh, Desolation Canyon. Think about that. That's like like adding protection from Salt Lake to St. George on, on a river. That is a huge, huge win. But the president couldn't do that unilaterally. And we explained to them, and if you do the bear's ears, all of those other things come off the table. You cannot do that, nor will we ever be able to get a bill passed uh, that would do that, unless you come to the table and work with us on the public lands initiative. Yeah. And that's, that's why we continue to make progress. Are you seeing a time frame uh, beginning to unfold regarding the PLI, the public lands initiative? Well, we're, we're all feeling the pressure of having to get this going, you know, moving ahead, but it's like a teeter-totter. You can't let one side get too heavy. Uh, remember, we got seven counties and the county commissioners who we're listen, listening to keenly, uh, the outdoor recreation community, the energy uh, community, and the environmental community. And so we're trying to keep that balance. we got to do it sooner rather than later. We all know that and understand that. But the president can do this right up until his last day in office, so we, we encourage them to be patient. And please take a meeting with the the delegation from Utah, because unlike the other designations that the president has done in other parts of the country, there is not a single elected official who represents that area who is in support of, of a monument. Not one. It was interesting at our combined editorial board meeting when we had uh, Navajo representatives who were for the national monument, and we were all trying to, to, to grasp what was being said and they they talked about Native uh, traditions and things that they wanted to do, things that they wanted to be able to continue to do on the land, and some of them were fairly significant, uh, invasive-type things on the land in order to uh, have sacred ceremonies and different things of this nature and uh, gather certain things. And, you know, we, we, we tried to follow the, the line of reasoning, and I will never forget when we hung up from those folks— I looked around the table and I said, am I mistaken or would a good number of the peop- the things that they want to have preserved, they would be preempted and actually not allowed under a national monument? And everybody around the table nodded their head. I, there, there is so much confusion on this, and I actually felt sorry. I really felt concerned for these folks because some of the very things that they thought they were fighting for would be preempted. By a national exactly monument. Exactly right. Exactly. I, I feel like they're getting snookered because yeah, yeah. It, it, under a wilderness designation, you know, if, if you said to somebody on the Wasatch Front, hey, do you want more wilderness? You'd be like, yeah, you know what? Let's get my buddies or my wife and kids and we'll go down, bring the ATVs. Maybe we'll go fishing, hiking. Maybe we can climb the mountains. You can't do any of that under a wilderness designation. You can't drive a vehicle on it. In large part, you can't even ride a bicycle on it. So, the very things that the, a lot of the uh, Native Americans want to do, as they have through their traditions, with a wilderness designation, they would not be allowed to do. Now, under a congressionally directed um, uh, plan, you can build that in 
and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Keep me in the loop on this, won't you? Boy, a lot of people are texting in, and uh, every day they're going, are you hearing anything on the National Monument? So we'll, uh, we'll keep our antennae up on this one. 